For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. It's your boy Ethan. Uh, I just wanted to hop in for two reasons. First, we didn't really have anything funny that I that we said before the podcast. Normally, there's a little goof or bit that we can throw in before the music. Uh, can't win them all. Didn't didn't have one this week. Second reason is I would like to issue the first ever apology redaction, or like to recant a statement that I made in last week's episode. I said that the priest at Saint Isidore's, Father Gail Hammerschmidt told me that he was going to take care of a parking ticket situation. I said this for a number of reasons, mostly just to make the situation funnier for the podcast, but also because I was kind of uh, embarrassed at myself for not taking care of the situation like a responsible adult. So if anyone was listening to that and has a, a lower opinion of Father Gale or the Kansas State parking ticket organization uh, because of what I said, I apologize. All the blame should be placed squarely and firmly on my shoulders for not paying attention to the fine print. I did not mean to commit any slander. I mostly just meant to make a funny podcast. I hope we made another one today. Enjoy listening to it. I love you. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that doesn't think it's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's your boy, <laughs> Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I was thinking about the lyrics to the song YMCA earlier. Yeah. Uh, you can get yourself free. You can have a good meal. You uh-huh. can do whatever you feel. It's, it's fun get- to stay at the YMCA. I'm pretty sure it's you can get yourself clean. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was some kind of emancipation sort of tune. No. But, uh but even the fact of like, you can have a good meal, you can do whatever you feel. When I was a kid and listening to this song on a CD that my mom got me, I had this vision of what the YMCA was, right? Like it was, you go, there's no rules, there's unlimited food. <laughs> there's, and then one time, there are rules. One time my mom got a YMCA membership and would go there to work out. The only thing they had for kids to do was one Dance Dance Revolution uh, game. On, on over on the side and there were like three kids and they never gave me a turn and i was like this isn't like the song at all this is <laughs> the um the only gym in newcastle that i could afford to go to when i lived up here was a ymca gym and it was a very small gym yeah what's the deal with that now they're just the y what did, did they didn't start out as a gym nor did they start out as an arcade so both of my experiences of the ymca are probably skewed yeah, I'm um, pretty sure it was like a place for people down on their luck, for young men down on their luck to get back on their feet. Let me tell you this. The first young men's Christian association was the Catholic Church, the baby. The Catholic Church, baby. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of the Catholicism? Uh, speaking of evangelization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the apostles go out, hey, you guys want to work out for a low price? Yeah. <laughs> We've got daycare. <laughs> I, I, I already... I guess we already recorded uh, that thing that I talked about with. Sorry, you can say it again. My my conversation with my, a Protestant pastor. Oh yeah! Shout out Jeremy. Shout out Jeremy. Yeah, I already told you the thing that I said. I'm not gonna say it again. You could say it again. But yeah, that's just all that I did today. That that was like I got uh, I got to work, and I like oh we had we had an XLT night last night. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, it was great. It was our second one, and like a hundred people showed up. It was great. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. In person. In person, yeah. Holy cow. It was in our big cathedral-looking church. I forgot to turn the lights down, so it was kind of weird because it was like very mm-hmm. bright, mm. which is fine. And But people were like, hey, can you turn the lights off? And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Praise and worship in the in the light is is difficult, especially when you're in a room full of strangers, people that you don't yeah. know very well. At like yeah. youth group or at like at Franciscan with my household, it was fine because I trust those people. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard to just, you know, have your way it's hard to it's hard to do that when you're 
around people it's, you don't know very it's well. It's really hard. It's really hard for the spirit to move when the base isn't cranked and the lights aren't off. Listen, there's wisdom in darkness and having dark and <laughs> <in> having darkness. <laughs> well, there's be- um, I meant to say there's beauty in in yeah, darkness. Said, there's there's wi- wisdom in darkness. I would I would say there's edgy. beauty in darkness and there's wisdom in the way that that churches were built to like strategically let light in, you know, yeah. to not like flood the church with light. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was funny cause someone came up to me. One of the, one of our moms came up to me afterwards and she was like, Hey, I have one complaint. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a great way to start a sentence. <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm new to parish life. So that, that, that way of starting a conversation does not yet trigger me, but one day it will. I have a complaint. Right. Only uh, one. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was like, can we make it like more traditional? And I was like, she, she, she said, I would love it if it was more traditional. And I was like, look, this is Wait. not a sentiment that you alone have this is a sentiment that is shared okay (laughs) all you have to do is tweet this all you have to step one be a woman step two tweet that step three you get thousands of husbands followers (laughs) thousands of husbands all of the husbands (laughs) you will be like solomon but backwards uh yeah i i but that it's funny I, i i got literally the exact opposite in an email Oh, really? Yeah, it was, I like the guitar. It reminded me of the 60s. And I was like, nope, whoop, shut it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she was like, but I didn't like the the ornate monstrance and Father Anthony's like big fancy cloak. Uh, she was like, it distracted from the humility of Jesus. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Jesus is perfectly humble. We put him in there. Yeah. You know, we put him there. We, we're we saying he's better than us. It's so, true. So, yeah. And uh, I was like, you're not going to like when we crank up the tradition on this. Cause I'm getting cassocks and surpluses for the altar servers. We're doing incense. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm going to tell Father Anthony, I'm like, I know you put a lot of, of charcoal in there. More. Crank it up. Original Is it charcoal? Smoke machine. There's charcoal in there. Huh. Mm-hmm. Is that why I get so hungry every time there's incense at mass? <laughs> I'm, it I'm makes hungry. me think. <laughs> makes me think of the barbecue. He's smoking meats. Smoking meats. <laughs> What if Mark Zuckerberg was swinging a thoroughfare? I thought it was the thurible. That's different, isn't I, it? I, what's a thoroughfare? I hardly know her. Uh, mm, <laughs> gonna have to move on to the next topic of conversation. Uh, someone, someone is calling me on my telephone. Don't answer it. I, what, answer. <laughs> what do you mean? Don't answer it. Answer it. Answer it. Answer it. This is Patrick. Nice. Interesting. Oh yeah, I, c- I can make it more like the '70s in youth group. Okay. He just turned me down. <laughs> I'll 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 whip him into shape. Don't worry. I'll I'll tell I'll be like, I'll do oh. I'll do uh, I'll do drills where I like hold my hands out and then oh. I turn them down and then they have to hit it right <laughs> hit the right muscles. Sounds like some kind of inquisition that Patrick is running. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for letting me know. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, all right. Appreciate it, Joe. Have a good day. All right. Bye. 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 so distracting (laughs) i turned you down but it didn't didn't work (laughs) i would never it was about it was about altar serving what were we talking about (laughs) i was talking about my good friend jeremy oh Oh, yeah yeah yeah, we were talking about we were talking he was talking about how uh when he was like yeah we don't have anybody telling us what to do um and uh he was he was like he was like oh yeah we're the high the highest authority at our church is the pastor is for him and he was like we don't have any it's a local church so we don't have anybody above us and i didn't want to say hey that could be a problem don't you think <laughs> like eventually because yeah. the church is supposed yeah. to be universal but i didn't bring that up sure um, too early but i did i did i was driving home and i was like man if he doesn't if his pastor is legitimately doing something that's antithetical to the gospel, he could just leave and start his own church. That's yeah. crazy. Yes. That's crazy. How convenient. Right. But that's not, I feel like that's cheating. Because <laughs> we, we have to work with what we have. <laughs> I know. You and don't just buddy. get to like form the church. We don't get to form the church in our own image unless you start a podcast. In which case, you can say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Start your own podcast if you don't like it. Hot Take Time Machine. Hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time machine. 
Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take, it's five years or older, send it on over to Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? I do. Uh, oh, wait. Yours is really good. Should I go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. All right. In March of 2016, I posted, people are always talking about addictive substances, but have you ever tried to stop eating grapes? It's impossible. <laughs> Patrick. Have you ever tried to stop that eating is, grapes? That is a patented Patrick Nevy tweet. That is like the most you tweet that I've heard you read on this segment. <laughs> and someone commented, when is Patrick not writing a sitcom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Look, man. Looks into camera. Have and you I, ever tried not eating grapes? I... Remember and when I they said, used to have ads in the middle of the sitcom? Be like, sponsored by these these uh, uh, Welsh's grapes sure are sating my thirst for grapes. Sponsored by think, grapes. Honey? Sponsored by grapes. I was listening to a podcast the other day. About like grapes? I do, and the guy was talking about white grape flavored things. Okay. And the guy goes, isn't that just a regular grape that's peeled? And I was like, no, there's no, white what? grapes. And the guy no. didn't catch them on. He was like, I don't know what they are. And I'm like, guys, it's the same You're kind kidding. of grapes that make white wine. What kind of podcasts are you listening to? I don't know. They, they're not. Don't they're not podcast. smart. Is this at the grape conspiracy things. theory podcast? It is one of the two that I listen to. Oh, dear. Can I just say, as yeah. a, as a brief to lengthy aside, the white sparkling grape juice is so much better than the the purple sparkling grape juice. If I'm trying to celebrate something with people who are underage or I'm trying to abide by a strict alcohol fast because someone got too freaky the month before, it was me, <laughs> I'm going for the white sparkling grape juice. Yeah. Every single time. White it's grape is so amazing. good. It's and so good. And I buy good. one for the party and one for myself. That's not very much. You need a, quite a few bottles to get through a party unless the party has two people in it. Yeah. I mean... But, the problem is there's just so much sugar in that. Yeah. It's just like you can taste it in your mouth. Like you start feeling like your mouth is turning into a well, sugar You drink factory. it like you drink champagne. You put a little in those plastic glasses. You hand them out to everybody and then nobody drinks it for the rest of the night. Sometimes I drink a lot of champagne. Champagne can be pretty good. I've had some pretty good champagne before. I've had some great champagne. The champagne that Emma and I drank when we got engaged. Martini and Rossi. Mm. I freaking love that stuff. Because yeah. it tastes like the, the white grape juice. <laughs> But it, it has the alcohol in it. What you do is you just take the grape juice and you take the white sparkling grape juice and then you just put vodka in it. Same thing. I don't think you just, I don't think the process of making various kinds of alcohol is just taking the non-alcohol, like whiskey is just root beer, but you add vodka. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Whiskey is its own thing. For everything, for every juice, <laughs> you can make it alcoholic by just putting vodka in it. You can make anything alcoholic by putting vodka in it, Patrick. No, no, no. You can't just... Not, here's the thing. Vodka is the water of alcohol. We all know this. It doesn't taste like true. anything. Vodka doesn't taste like anything. Am I wrong? Except like yes. alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it tastes like alcohol. But even... Here's, this, is, this is what I've found. At least maybe this uh -huh. is just my own sure. personal experience. Uh, when, you put, when you put vodka in something, it's very hard to taste it. It's very hard to get it out too it's really it's really difficult you have to like it's it's technically it's technically a mechanical mixture uh so you can you can take it out it's not a chemical mixture um, when did you become an expert on that i just remember that from school i don't well i don't know anything from school when i was when i was in school we uh we did the science experiment where you take uh you take cereal yeah. like total and you crush it up and use a magnet to take the iron out of it that's kind of fun, though. It was cool. I like that. It was cool. That's pretty neat. And How I was much like, iron was was there in your cereal? Uh, only like fifteen percent of your daily value. I'm just kidding. I don't. No, know. I don't much. remember. I remember. But I was like, it was. It was when I was in. When I it was when I was in middle school when I realized that the iron on the side of the box is the metal iron. It's <laughs> like, geez, that's kind of that's kind of cool. <laughs> we have to eat that. Just start shoving cereal into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be Iron Man. <laughs> uh, oh boy, ah, it's great. That's pretty funny. I uh. I did a science experiment once at school where I tried to milk old Bessie and she kicked me square in the chest. Oh my gosh. I went to I went to homeschool. <laughs> you did not. 
I did. I was gonna make a joke about how every does every uh, does every high school in Kansas Kansas have a cow have a cow. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny if they did, and I think they should. More high schools should have their own cow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that would just be ripe for senior pranks. Oh Die the cow, God. put the cow upstairs, put the cow on the roof, put the cow in a truck. <laughs> milk cows, the cow. cows whatever cows are in a place where they shouldn't be they look so it's a, funny it's the best it's, a, it's, it's they hilarious. don't do anything they're just like <laughs> they're just there so my my one of my coworkers, he lives on a farm and his dad called him one day and he was like hey yeah i need you to come back because they have a feeding trough that's about yeah. like it's a little bit shorter than a cow okay okay because the cows need to get into the feeding trough, but they don't want them to get into the feeding trough. <laughs> yeah. The problem is it's also a little bit wider than a cow. <laughs> okay. And so one day the cow, they, 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 his dad looked out and he just saw four hoofs sticking up in the air. A bull, <laughs> a bull had taken one of the cows with its uh-huh. horns and flipped it. It got mad, oh so it flipped gosh. the cow into the feeding trough, and the cow was just sitting there. It couldn't get out. Away in a <laughs> And it just like cows. Cows look very stupid. I don't think they are they stupid, do. but they look I think so they might stupid. Be. And like it's just a it's just a cow, and it's like I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I'm gonna get out, but I can't do anything. So it's just like. <laughs> Just super stuck. Cows are so funny. How did they get him out of there? They, I don't. It, it's a two-person job. But like when uh, you start trying, <laughs> cows least, are heavy. <laughs> when you start trying to lift the cow, the cow is not pleased with what you are doing. No, it has accepted no. the fact that this is where it dies. It's programmed it's just, to just be like, "I'm gonna die now." So everyone's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to the city." And what are we gonna? Let's go to Sonic. You know, at night for entertainment. That's crap. What we need to do Put is a live in a, a small <laughs> no live in a small town. You go cow tipping, and then you go to Sonic. Okay, <laughs> like it's a it's a whole new breed it's of amazing. things that you can do. All right, so can I do my tweet here? Yeah, please do. This is from March third, twenty fourteen. Okay, senior of high school. Um, I did a couple. I actually think I could kind of go through, uh, maybe a few of these. I'm trying to come up with ideas for people to fast for Lent. Okay. Yeah. The not, first one. not hitting people, not hitting people's cookies out of their hands. That's off the table. Yeah. That's what I did. Here's, here's one. Never wear clothes. <laughs> Hashtag extreme Lent ideas. Ditch school. This. Ditch school every day of Lent to go to mass. Hashtag extreme Lent ideas. Instead of studying, read the Bible. Hashtag extreme Lent ideas. Join a convent or a seminary. Hashtag extreme Lent ideas. You pick. <laughs> that's. I think that's all that I had. And then it goes for a couple more days. So like those are all on March third, and then March fourth. I I resume, uh, in a with a slightly different tact. All of those had zero likes, zero retweets. We've got one with zero retweets, but seven likes. It says giving up high heels for Lent. Hashtag fabulous life. Huh. A different approach. Did it's you like say almost, that? I did say that. It's almost as if I forgot what I was doing before with hashtag extreme Lent ideas, and I decided to think about the hashtag fabulous life. It was okay. So it, the the hashtag was hashtag extreme Lent ideas. Yes. There's no hashtags for extreme Lent ideas. I know because I've these are all in my archive. I've deleted. Yeah, but this no account. one else did it. I was an originator, baby. Extreme I was the first one. Lent. I was bro possible. You are. There's no. There's no hashtag extreme Lent. Hashtag extreme Lent ideas. Wow. You're welcome, America. That's impressive. Anyone ever given up clothes for Lent? <laughs> Saint Francis. <laughs> Probably. That's all. Just wanted to share that with you. I like that. Um, yesterday during, but right before the XLT, I like I entered. I do like an intro where I explain adoration because I I like to yeah. presume that not everyone there is Catholic. And right. I, so I talk about like, Hey, if you're Catholic or if you're not Catholic, I talk about that because one of two things first, if there are non-Catholics, it helps them, but also because it, it, it slowly implants the idea that the parishioners can invite their non-Catholic friends. Yes. Anyway. It also teaches kids how to explain adoration yeah. to their friends, Yeah, which is great. 
and uh, this is a whole parish thing. This is a whole yeah. Oh yeah, it's cool. yeah. And uh, I opened it up with it. It's lovely. To, I was like, it's lovely to see half of all of your smiling faces. And I like said that despite myself, and they all laughed. And I was like, yeah, pandemic jokes. They're never going away. <laughs> Dang. I feel like we're gonna look at all of our masks in x amount of time the way that people look at all of the kodachrome film in their closet they're like what am i, I gonna even what am i gonna I do with this you're talking it's a about. useless brand of digital film not digital film a film it's like camera film oh you know like, like those all of little, those all those betamax tapes that i've yeah, got in my yeah in my closet or like all those your cds v- yeah you probably no, that, that's probably better you're, it's you're, like, you probably don't even know what that is, you kids. You don't even know what that is, a CD. Back we in used the to have day, CDs. like stacks and stacks of CDs, and you're like, man, I have so many CDs. And we're going to look We're gonna look back. We're going to look at our masks that are piling up in our car consoles and our desks at work. And we're going to be like, why do I still have all these? I just need to get rid of them. Back in my day, we used to have rotary masks. <laughs> you had to go up to it and go like this. In five years, in five years, Ellen is going to be like having a, a gen alpha, like, do you even know how to put on a mask, you idiot? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's have a bet on this show. What are the odds that the CIA freezes Ellen DeGeneres to keep her as a <laughs> as a political weapon for the future? She's gonna be Robo Ellen. Robo Ellen. Mm-hmm. And guess she loves to dance. Guess what dance she's doing? <laughs> the burning. <laughs> <laughs> The robots' movements have gotten so fluid over the past hundred years. <laughs> right. So you wanted to talk about evangelization? I always want to talk about evangelization. I want to hear your thoughts, but not before. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I hear you do that. I hear you make that jingle ring. Okay. Um, uh, t- sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? And <laughs> snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're walk. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. That's the jingle. You're just getting a you Christmas just, carol. You just say, yeah, I thought at some point you're like walking whoa, whoa, in whoa, a crunch whoa, whoa. listener it's land. It's public domain. Okay, you can't sue me for that. I wasn't trying to. I was just thinking maybe you would make it into a crunch. I did. Theme. What did you say? It's just crunch theme. <laughs> it's it's just. I said it is. Okay. It's just a crunch theme. I feel like you're not yes anding with me very well. You're the one who's like upset you're... with my jingle. <laughs> you just sang a song. Yeah. I did, you wanted me to, right? I did. I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. Yeah, you should have been more yes-anding to me. Okay. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Uh, welcome to the Winter Wonderland, the part of the podcast where uh, we talk about evangelization. <laughs> Patrick, I want to hear what you've got cooking in that Instapot that we like to call your brain. Oh, okay, so we got we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Tell me. So my parish, I'm I'm now I'm now coord. So okay, so I'm no longer the director of youth ministry. I'm now the coordinator Aww. of evangelization and youth ministry. Because apparently, Cha-ching. in order to be apparently in order to be a director, you have to have people you direct. It's gets nuts. Uh, so <laughs> you have to direct things, which makes. Do sense. you have employees? No. Oh yeah, I'm not a director. Okay. I was never a director of anything. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, now I'm 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 doing evangelization things. But that, that's that's the thing. It's like. That's what I've been wanting to do with youth ministry for a while. This whole time. This whole time. It's stuff I've been doing on the side. And so I, my first thing I did was I re-listened all the episodes of uh, Every Knee Shall Bow that I've been missing and uh, <laughs> every single one of them. And uh, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the things he talked about was meeting with parishioners that are interested in evangelization. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a good idea. So I, I did that. I met with evangelization parishioners after mass one day and we sat down and we talked about the different things that we should do to reach out to people and to evangelize and kind of at a crossroad in my in my head i'm at a crossroads Hmm. because there's two people there's two kinds of there's two things that i'm really worried about not like worried but there's two concerns that we have right things that are in my circle of concern Oh, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, oh, it's a multi it's a multi uh episode thread. It's crazy. Um 
so parishioners that are Catholic and are leaving the church uh-huh. for things like Protestantism. So like they're leaving the church for the Protestant churches in the area. Sure. We have a really, we have a mega church moving in. It's fun. Dang. And parishioners who are steadfastly sticking to their, to their guns, but are not disciples. And the problem with both of these groups is it's hard to reach to both of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because one group really needs to be re-evangelized. Yes. But... And the other group really needs to be re-evangelized. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in a different way, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of grouping them in the same category. It's like, because I want to go... And this is partially, like, why... This is, this is why I'm so happy that I'm meeting with these Protestant pastors because I can like, cause it's, it's weird. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm running up on your turf, you know? And cause like if people turf. from our church converted and are Protestant now, I want them back. Yeah. You know, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> and I don't think that's wrong. They no. would, they would want that as well. If people from their congregation convert, I, I, I would go so far as to say that Christ desires all souls to be in his church. Yes. But I don't want. This is this is what uh, one of our staff said. They're like, something that I have done in the past is I've been a part of a Protestant congregation and evangelized mm-hmm. from within. <laughs> okay, that's not something you that? that you can do as like a public ministry because you seem kind of like a snake. You know, like you're just you're just ingratiating yourself as a as a mm-hmm. parishioner at this congregation to convert people to your church. Yeah. Um, one of uh, one of our staff members is like, I don't want to do that because that like opens up the floodgates for them to come do that. <laughs> Yikes. And I was like, fair, but I don't know. I think, I think if you don't have friends that are Protestant, how are you going to evangelize Protestants? I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, but we had a meeting about, Oh, we had a meeting with parishioners about evangelization and it was kind of all over the place. And I want to figure out what our focus should be as a church. And it's hard. Mm. It's hard to do that. (laughs) So like, what do you, what did you do when you like first got to Tulsa and you were like, I have to figure out what the mission is here. That's such a good question. It's kind of in two parts because there's the time where I was not the team director and then there's the time where I am the team director and my approach to mission here has been completely different based on my level of authority naturally Ah. when I first got here my thought was I I really just don't know if I had a strategy at all that two years ago two and a half years ago like I think I I tend to be pretty harsh on myself (laughs) uh as we all know and so when I look back, I like to think, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a complete moron, which is partially true. But I think generally my thought was my first semester, okay, I'm going to start some Bible studies. I'm going to get to know these people. I'm going to see if there's any traction with people who want to be disciples uh, and who want to help me evangelize. And I kind of did that, and I kind of did what I thought was discipling men. But what I was really doing was helping guys just get the basic foundations of their lives together. Um, oh, interesting. And so that was kind of really hard for me to figure out. Cause what I thought, I thought I was doing evangelization. I thought I was sending people, but what I was really doing was I spent a lot of time winning them. And then I got into like building them up and building a life of faith and mm-hmm. saying, okay, you guys need to pray every day and you need to grow in virtue and you need to have good community around you and acts 242 and all these things right like this is what you need and i thought that i was like evangelizing i i mean i didn't think that cognizantly or cognizantly consciously i knew that i wasn't doing but i felt like i was doing the right thing you know and it's easy to like fill your life with those kinds of things to have kind of the maintenance mindset of there are people that are coming to mass there are people who are coming every single sunday who don't even have the basic fundamentals of the faith taught to them Mm-hmm. So a lot of my time, my first year and two years was spent, let's teach the fundamentals to these people who are involved in the community so that we can go out. That bore some fruit. It didn't bear a ton of fruit. 
which is why when I became the team director this year, I said, we're going to restructure how we do things. We're going to, we're going to go out, we're going to cast a wider net and we're going to try to just meet people. And a lot of that basis was founded in Luke uh, 14, the great banquet Mm -hmm. uh, parable where the, the guy invites the people and he's like, Hey, come to my banquet. And they're like, sorry, I just bought some land. I must go see to it. Or, I just bought some cattle. I need to go examine it. What kind of guy examines cattle after he buys it? Anyway, um, <laughs> kind of crazy. But that, this eventually, is, this gets is how to, I feel. Like this yeah. was my first approach. Was yes. I was like, I think that at a certain point, American churches in general have to acknowledge that some people have encountered the gospel. And have rejected the gospel. Yes. And therefore, we cannot spend all of our time, time trying, trying to, to win them make back. them come back. Yes. Because we're just banging our head against the wall. Yes. And also I've used that pe- phrase so many times this week. And I feel, when I say that, I feel... Can I say the word asshole on the podcast? <laughs> You already did, so I, the seal's been broken. Go I for feel, it. I feel like that's how I feel. I, I feel you like can say how about this? You can feel like an ass because the word ass is in the Bible. I don't think the word asshole is in the Bible. Yeah, so, I feel like an ass. That 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 that's that, that actually does feel like a better word to say. I feel like a big old donk donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Donkey Kong. I feel like a Donkey Kong, and it's because I I, I feel like I'm saying, oh well, they don't deserve salvation anymore. But that's not what I'm saying at all. At no. all. I I think just accepting like this person is on their journey and they're going to go where they will. And right now they're going away from the church and we just got to hope that the gospel is living in a, we just got to hope that the word of God is living and effective enough to bring them back. Who would have thought the, there's lots of parables that apply to this. The one I'm thinking of right now is the prodigal son. Okay. The father and the prodigal son is, is the father. Okay. Yeah. This is, everybody loves this, this parable because it reminds them of the father's love for them. He's probably the worst pastor. He only has a 50% retention rate. <laughs> exactly. Right. I think we talked about this probably a year ago of the, of the, the prodigal son. Yeah. But it's the exact same thing of he lets the son leave. Doesn't go looking for him. Hmm. He is, he's waiting in his house, looking over the hills, waiting for him to come, runs to him when he sees him coming back. Right, forgives him, invites him back into the family, throws a throws a party. But you don't see in that story the father leaving the house and searching through the foreign land to find his son in the pig pods. Does that mean that the father doesn't care about the son? No. Does that mean that the father doesn't love the son? No. And I think we like kind of distorted that in our minds, like, oh, we have to go find the people on the fringes. You know, we gotta find the the these people who are, are rejecting the church, it's like, yes, we do have to do that, and we will do that naturally. Um, we have to find the lost sheep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But we can't be obsessed over that, over the people who have left when there are people who are still here, who need to be sent out, who have mm-hmm. who are sitting here waiting to be invested in, but we don't even bother to invest in the people in our own church because we're obsessed with the idea of oh there's for every one catholic that joins six leave or something like that right like we're obsessed with that number um i think was it you that said like instead of trying to reduce the six we should just increase the one yeah i think that's a great that's 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 been my strategy i i think that's the strategy that's right because if people want to leave (laughs) if people are raised in the catholic church and they're unsatisfied and they don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know who said this, but I think there's someone who did say like, it's probably better for them to leave if they meet, if they have an encounter with Jesus in a Protestant church, than if they stay in a, in a loveless relationship with God in the Catholic church. And I think we're scared to admit that because that means we get less tithe money. And so the, the best two examples of why we should, uh, why we should convert Protestants is uh and and the unchurched it's not unchurched. just about protestants protestants yeah. are just most primed to receive the truth of the catholic church <laughs> so yeah it's, it's the the the, re, the but specifically the reason why i think that reaching out to our protestant our separated brethren is important is two people one you know one you don't scott Hahn and pam 
You don't know Pam, but she's great. Shout out Pam. She's a listener. She's amazing. I didn't realize Damn. she was a convert. She she let she started phone ministry. I talked to you about this. She started phone ministry. She's like come up with so many other great ideas for our ministry, for our evangelization ministry. She's a convert. And converts usually, not always, are very invested in the faith and they will have this they like they almost have this like this uh this thing where they they just they they don't need to be discipled some of them which is just grace mm-hmm. because they just get full of this this all of a sudden this grace and they just they throw themselves into the church um and we're really bad at receiving that but yeah it, it's really hard it's really it's really hard to make a train start moving oh, but yeah. once it's moving you oh, can yeah. switch the track that it's on and just kind of make it go in a better direction, you know? Yeah. And so like, you kind of guide, you can, it's, a, it's okay, it's hard to make a horse start moving too. And you just, you can guide it once it's moving. It's uh, Rothenante. Rothenante. And uh, yeah, and so I just, I think, I think that, I, I don't, I don't know. Am I, what am I alone? You, is every church like, no. does, does every Catholic church refuse to evangelize? Yes. Outside of their um, own walls. I understand the new evangelization yes. is important. I get it. It really is. There's there's pockets of faithful that have lost a living sense of the faith. I know. But like at some point, the homilies aren't gonna do it. The sacraments no. aren't doing because they put up they put an obstacle in front of their reception of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Should we just throw open the doors and say, Hey, everybody else come in? And what does that look like for the average listener of the crunch? What is the vision? I want to hear you tell me, let's say, let's, I like to think big on this podcast. I don't know if there's any sort of realistic reality, a realistic reality yeah. of, of what do. can come in the future. Here's what we do. But let's say Salt Lake city, 2022. Oh yeah. We're taking, going? we're taking the, Oh, I, I, here's the thing. Every year I say I'm not. And then I end up going. So Emma, Emma and I are planning on going. We've talked about it. She literally on FaceTime the other day, we were talking about it. She went married seek married seek <laughs> she's yeah. super excited to go um it's gonna be fun but you get to stay in the same room it's That's so much crazy cheaper. you don't have to find a different place to stay uh, when you're married great i know it's 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 I'm seriously thrilled. awesome i can't wait uh sorry what were you saying about seek uh we're gonna take over the salt lake city temple and we're just gonna take it's gonna be we're gonna days fold it you you guys remember january 6th 2021 oh gosh <laughs> it's coming my my teens <laughs> On on Sunday, my teens were playing Quiplash. You ever played Quiplash before? I've played Quiplash. There was a prompt that was like the Muppets take like the Muppets take Manhattan. Instead of the Muppets uh-huh. take Manhattan, it was the Muppets take blank. And I went the Capitol building, <laughs> and my core team members were like, "Patrick, you can't say that." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> the Muppets take the Capitol. Oh, that's so funny. Oh man, I can imagine the Q shaman Who's looks the- like a Muppet though. Look him up. He does. (laughs) That's true. Okay. In 50 years, let's just say, let's, let's pretend for a minute that every Catholic church or at the very least every diocese commits a significant portion of its time, energy, resources, and attention to the, the effort of reuniting with our separated brothers and sisters in the Protestant churches. If I, because the new evangelization is good, right? Like we need to re-evangelize the baptized because there are lots of people who don't know Jesus, who are just sitting in the pews or just cultural Catholic, who aren't even sitting in the pews or just cultural Catholics. Maybe they come once a year, maybe they don't. But I think dedicating all this time and energy and attention and resources to that group of people, the group of people that have just made a stated a statement with their lives that they are uninterested in a living relationship with God, then we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Whereas we have, there's a whole millions and millions of people who are interested in a relationship with God. Right. And I I struggle with this because it's like, I I think that the, the fruits would be numerous and overwhelming if we were to dedicate our time and energy and resources into that kind of work. And we've seen it from guys like Scott Hahn and the St. Paul center for biblical theology 
and the Coming Home Network and EWTN and all of those things have borne yeah. so much fruit, okay? Like people who would otherwise have no faith because their parents were different religions, the parents both end up converted to Catholicism and the kids do have faith, whereas they otherwise they would have grown up to be atheists, you know, undoubtedly. And so it's like there are real things that are happening. It's not like, oh, Ethan, you're just wasting your time converting people, quote unquote, who already believe in Jesus. It's like, no, uniting people in the faith leads to ramifications that we can't even see, right? This means that children are being raised in the faith. This means that like families are converting. Like there's, yeah. there's lots of stuff that's going on here other than just, oh, you're bringing people who already believe in Jesus into the church. Why aren't we evangelizing the unchurched? I just like, it feels like we need to get our ducks in a row before we go back out to the culture, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think trying to have these dual missions of we're going to re-evangelize the baptized in the new evangelization. And also we're going to try to reach the broader culture with things like word on fire and also like evangelization ministries and all then focus even, right? Like it just seems like we, as a Catholic church in America, we we're running, we're going in two streams. Is there a, is there a ministry that specifically evangelizes Protestants from the Catholic perspective? Like I a think national the, ministry, the coming home network. What's that about? Isn't that like, I think EWTN it's like the, or maybe it's, maybe it's just like a TV show. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's, there's, they have a ton of YouTube videos coming home Catholic network international. Cause have you like, ever heard of this? No, no, huh? Because dial like I have I have met with like that is is something that I very much enjoy. I love it's Marcus Grodi. Do you know who Marcus no, Grodi is? I don't. Okay, uh, the Coming Home Network was established to help non-Catholic Christians, clergy, and laity discover the truth and beauty of the Catholic Church. Huh. Um, ten thousand members, two hundred plus denominational backgrounds, a thousand plus members on the journey to Catholicism. They provide resources, fellowship, um, all these kinds of things. Founded in nineteen ninety three. Marcus Grodi was someone that Scott Hahn converted. So, oh wow, uh, see there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, anyway, continue. I should start. I should put. I should, so like the 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 big mega church is moving into Newcastle, right? And yeah, they're putting signs up for their youth group, and they're putting signs up for their you know uh, membership class. I should just start putting signs up called with that just like these little H frame signs. Catholicism for Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> Come to this if you want to learn about the Catholic Church. I'll talk to you. Um, I don't know how, how, how good that work, but it's something that I very much enjoy doing. I love sitting down with pastors because pastors want to talk Care. about the differences. They yes. really do. From what I've seen, there's very few people who they'll, they'll at the end of the conversation, they'll be like, well, we all believe in Jesus. Like we're all basically the same. And, sure. but they do know there's a difference because there's a difference, you know, because like, mm-hmm. I don't go to their church. Like they see that that's mm-hmm. a difference. Um, and they know that they know John 17, like they know Jesus prayed that we may all be one. And they know that yeah. they know that we're not. And they know the atheists know that we're not on every, yeah. every atheist website that I've seen. It's like contradiction in the Bible. They point out John 17 and they say that Jesus prayed for them to all be one. And there's 35,000 denominations. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a problem. Oh, yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's not, it's not something that's inherent in Catholicism in Christianity, but Mm-mm. it's there. I'm going to deal with it. And but I do think that not everyone can directly evangelize Protestants. And so I think maybe like like because this is something that that my my parish staff pointed out. They're like, we don't want to send new evangelists into a Protestant church or like into a Protestant community to necessarily like start talking to them and like convert and like evangelizing them and like explaining apologetics to them because. It might it might not work, or they might not be equipped for it. My my perspective on that is equip yourself with what you have, and then if they ask you a question, and you don't know the answer, just so you'll go look it up, because like yeah. nobody expects you to be a walking dictionary. Encyclopedia, encyclopedia. I don't know. Encyclopedia. This, I hope I hope this helped me, but that's the thing is this is a podcast, not a conversation. <laughs> I know. No, it's good to have these conversations. But I think I think a, a concerted effort on the part of the church to reach out to the separated brethren. Yeah. Is a good is a good thing to do it in just, general. It just seems it just seems really important. And like St. Francis de Sales is a saint. Yes, because he was a great spiritual director and wrote lots of good things, but he also mm. converted 30,000 Calvinists. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And, 
and so I'm just like, hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like being separated from the body of Christ is not like a tolerable situation that we can just put up with and say, oh, well, they're over there and we're over here, but we all need to go and serve the poor and evangelize the people who don't know about Jesus. I think that's that's a mistreatment of the body of Christ. Yeah. And we need to take it a lot more seriously. And we've talked about this before on the cast. Like, I don't think this is anything new for anybody, but I always get scared, even though I like know all these things and I talk about this on a podcast and I talk about this with my teammates, I still get scared and thinking like, am I wasting my time? Should I be doing something else? Mm. Should I be talking to other people? Should I be talking to people who are living in, in mortal sin and trying to get them out of mortal sin? Um, but that, then it's the other question is like, if someone wants a relationship with Jesus and we have a fuller relationship with Jesus than what they have now, and we don't give it to them because we think that we need to be doing something else. Like, what is Jesus going to say to us? You know, when we get to, when we get to heaven, like you had the opportunity to give this person a whole new aspect of life and you didn't because you wanted to do something else. Like Mm -hmm. I could have had a better relationship with this guy. Um, but you refuse to be my instrument. Like that's my also my big fear. We need to get him confirmed. We got to get him the Eucharist. Got to get him in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I I think you're doing good things. I think we get, we're all doing good things, but I think we can examine, yeah, what we're doing a bit more closely. So I think a lot of our work is kind of spitting into the wind, unfortunately. I feel that, and I, I think there's a there's a fear in my mind that a concerted effort on the part of a parish like ours to reach out to the Protestant churches in the area to say, Hey, we believe this is the fullness of Christianity Mm -hmm. would, would ruin a, would ruin the relationships. Honestly, there's no relationships between right pastors. It's not like, it's not like you guys are getting together for, for, brunch every week and if you start talking about these differences then there would be no more brunch it's like you get together with protestants independent of the church yeah just because like you want to hang out with them there's it's not like father anthony is getting dinner with the mega church guy once a week and if you start talking to his uh parishioners or whatever i don't know what they're called congregants then he's going to stop getting dinner with father anthony you know yeah i I think honestly something that I've, i've wanted to do for a while is get pastors together for like just a fellowship brunch in the morning prayer because it's yeah. during a work day it's during the work day so like you don't have to take time away from your off time you know mm-hmm, and you can just mm-hmm. come and be together and pray yeah something that's informal so there's yeah i i think i think I'll, I'll start trying to do that more because yeah i mean a a an effort i, I was considering like a joint effort a joint alpha thing with like all the churches big churches in the area that may serve to confuse more than yeah evangelize especially because something is missing from the gospel if you don't preach the church it's just true right well Uh, you want to invite people into community and if you have six different communities preaching the same gospel and then they say now choose it's like yeah it's weird it's kind of weird it's weird yeah um yeah and but i think i think maybe maybe a a concerted effort on the part of the pastors because i i am i i don't think they would get mad at me for saying this i'm firmly convinced that they would all be have a better relationship with christ in the catholic church yes yeah and if and if we believe that and if they hear that from us i had a conversation with a guy last week and we were in the car driving back from the driving range and (laughs) he was like listen a lot of us on campus have noticed that the Catholics are just spending a ton of time with Protestants. What's the deal? And I was like, listen, I want you to have the best relationship with Jesus that you possibly can. I also want everyone on this campus to have a relationship with Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that if you have a better relationship with Jesus, then we together as a united body can reach the people who don't know Jesus better. And it's not that I'm not worried about those other people. It's just that the amount of time that you see me spending with you uh, is because one, you're my friend and you actually respond to me. So naturally I'm going to want to hang out with you more. Like I think a lot of times Protestants forget that like we want to be their friends too and that they're normal people that we want to hang out. And it's like not just about our differences. Like one, I think you're a cool guy and I like hanging out with you. He was like, oh yeah. Like as if he forgot about that. Yeah. 
And I'm a Protestant. I don't like hanging out with. I just stop hanging out with them. Exactly. And I was like, two, I want you to know Jesus. And when you kind of get that out into the, into the air, and they see, oh, he knows who God is, mm. and he believes with all of his being that I can know God more, then that like at least opens the doors a little bit, because it's. You can say, oh, you don't lose anything when you convert to Protestant or convert to Catholicism. You only gain. You can say that, but they're like, well, I'm losing all this and that and the other thing. But if you're a pastor, um, I'm losing my job. My job. Yeah. Respect. Huge problem. Yeah. All of those things. But as far as spiritually. Yeah. They they just need to know that. And that's where I think we should start all of those conversations is I want more, more God for you. And I think you can have more of him. Mm -hmm. Dating corner. Because, yeah, please. (laughs) Please, 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 please. I got a meeting at three. Oh, okay. Well, okay, here's what we got. Got to get moving. Uh, I know it hurts. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. Dear Dr. Ethan and hospital CEO Patrick, I love it. I oh. also hate that hospitals have CEOs. I have a question from a different angle than the other questions that I've heard. My wife and I. Thank goodness. Let's oh. call my wife and I. Let's call us Napweed and Tulip. I'm not going to do that, but yeah, cool. We're in our forties. I hope they're. Oh. I hope they're doing. I think they're fine. Our third child. There we go. A 16 year old girl, Rose, has her boyfriend. Let's has a first mm. boy. Her first boyfriend ever. So Rose is her first boyfriend. Let's call him Dandelion. Nice. nice. A lot of flowers in this family. Yeah. He's her age. Rose had a mental health crisis a few years ago. Some very good counseling brought her through it and gave her practical techniques to manage her stress going forward. She's committed Mm. to chastity. She's always wanted to delay dating until she finished high school. Um, A year ago, she saw her older sister date imprudently. Oh, she's 16, so she's not. She's still in high school. Uh, A year ago, she saw her older sister date imprudently and get her heart broken, and she vowed Mm. to never make the same mistake. But then a few months ago, (laughs) Dandelion told her mm-hmm. that he thought she was cute they started texting uh-huh. and uh-huh. she got uh seriously seriously twi- i don't know i don't think titillated is the word that's a weird word a few oh, weeks later not. she came to ask us for our retroactive blessing on their romantic relationship we didn't say yes we didn't say no hmm they attend the same school but have opposite in school schedules meaning one's online when the other one's in person Yes. dandelion lives near the school we live in a small town nearby so she takes the school bus in he is the only child from a broken family no active faith but seems to be a decent and courteous fellow the only time they can sure. physically be together together is during their spare time um or during their extracurriculars or if he comes over to our house on weekends uh there's no regular chaperoning at his house so we don't allow her to go there good nice that's great their main way of communicating is phone calls while playing among us and instagram dms Hmm. Oh, to be a zillennial, uh, to be a Zoomer. Uh-huh. These DMs started out with literally, and I'm not exaggerating, thousands and thousands of nothing but heart emojis. What? One of our rules with our kids having social media is that we get to have their passwords and monitor it. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Rose and Dandelion are extremely emotionally intimate, calling each other my world, my everything, uh, and saying I oh, love you and other infatuatory oh. exclamations. I'm certain that once the puppy love fades, the relationship will crumble naturally and we'll be dealing with a heartbroken <laughs> daughter instead of an infatuated one. But there's a different and more immediate problem that has spawned out of the situation. Last year, Rose is an honor roll student, but her most recent report card had stunningly low grades oh, and numerous surprise. comments about her assignments not being turned in. Across multiple mm. subjects, she blames COVID, but we blame her constantly DMing with Dandelion. <laughs> My wife and I are considering taking her phone away, changing the PIN number, and logging her into it for a maximum of 30 minutes a day so she can get her Dandelion fixed till her schoolwork is caught up. Our concern Damn. is that this would send her mental health into a tailspin, as Dandelion mm. has become an unhealthy emotional support for her. Wow. So here are our questions. Oh my gosh. First of all, I feel like we should be getting paid for this. This is like way above anything. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We should not be getting paid for this. We should not be answering this question. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is if we were to answer this, we should be paid professionals is what I mean. Oh, like this is, yes. That's what you meant. Okay. <laughs> yes. This is much be- – well, and also patreon.com slash the crunch. But like this is so far away from what I know about. 
Okay, with that being said, read Here's the questions question. and let's answer them. <laughs> How do we as parents set a balance of a relationship time? What device limitations are fair to impose now, considering that we really haven't set limitations in the past and it wasn't a big problem? Should I ask him to limit his messaging with my daughter until from his oh. end until she gets caught up on her schoolwork? Or should I just spray him with Roundup? <laughs> Any thoughts? I appreciate. Thank you, Napweed. Okay. No matter what the conclusion of this conversation is, you must put chemicals on this boy. You, <laughs> you have to. It's the only Go way. Go to his house and hit him with that spray. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't talk to him. This has to, yeah. You ever seen that? You ever seen an episode of VeggieTales where Larry was Larry Boy and he fought big weed with a little gun that he had in his car? <laughs> the rumor That's going to be you. The rumor weed. You did a really funny tweet about the rumor weed at one point. You like made a meme. I don't remember what it was, but I remember laughing. If I if it was really funny, I probably kept it. So let me let me see if I can find it. You well, say what your thoughts are. Okay, so uh, as someone whose grades were affected by unchastely not unchastely unemotionally chastely messaging a girl via Facebook Messenger on my iPod Touch uh, when I was not supposed to be on my iPod Touch, uh, this is all bad. I know this. I've been here. It was the worst thing I did in high school, okay? It was so bad for me. And I know this because all of my friends in high school told me, hey, after you and that girl stopped talking to each other, you were really sad and you were no fun to be around for like a year. Wow. (laughs) I was like, oh, I had no idea. So all this being said, uh, this can have repercussions long beyond uh, just high school. This can affect your daughter's relationships in the future. This can affect Dandelion's relationships in the future. Uh, There's a reason that back in the day, courtship was a thing and you only let them be alone together in the parlor for like 30 minutes at a time before they were engaged. And then when they got engaged, they were alone together in the parlor for an hour once a week, you know, or whatever. I'm just making that up. But like, there's a reason that this exists because people need to have clear heads about the things that they're doing. This is why dating in high school typically is a bad move. (laughs) Uh, so I'm not going to tell you how to parent, right? That's not my job. I'm 24 years old. I'm not married. I don't know anything. Okay. Uh, but what I do know is that the opinion of this podcast is that technology, uh, hurts more than it helps when it comes to these kinds of things. And so I definitely think the restriction on Instagram is a good idea. I also think that Encouraging phone calls and FaceTimes instead of just texting is so much better because when you're on a FaceTime with someone uh, every day because they live in a different city and they're your fiance currently, <laughs> then there's there's nothing to hide from. Like you can't yeah. like I have to be present with Emma on this call mm-hmm. for as long as we've decided to talk. Right. And sometimes that's really hard because FaceTiming is just difficult. Like. And you have to really be committed to loving the other person and asking them questions and being engaged in the conversation because there's no way to fall back on emojis or cute words or whatever. It's just like you're there and she's there and that's it. Uh, That being said, like it's helped me grow a lot and I've learned how to love and pay attention through that. It's been really challenging. So I would say... I will say a lot of Zoomers are like super into FaceTime. Which is good. It doesn't just didn't sound like Rose and Dandelion yeah. were into. Some of my teens, they FaceTime their friends, mm-hmm. like in the evening, right when they get home from school, and they just do homework and they're on FaceTime, and then they go to bed and they're on FaceTime, and they wake up and mm. they get ready for school and they're still on FaceTime. Huh. There's excesses with everything. I, I think the don't here. know anyone who I would do that with, and I'm married. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's basically Call marriage. Phoebe right now. You'd do that with Jeremy, probably. I would. Best friends. <laughs> Stop it. So I'd say maybe force your daughter to like talk to him on the phone or FaceTime him because it's really probably easy for Dandelion to come up with cute responses when he has time to sit there and think about what he's going to say. And so there's probably a reason that she's really infatuated with this guy because he's probably taking some time thinking and then responding instead of actually like having it's a probably Google translating words in French. Probably. Uh, but when he's on the call... I did that once. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Patrick. When he's on the call, there's nowhere for him to hide. And I think your daughter might get uh, uninfatuated with him more quickly than not. Uh, but I think you got to tighten the reins a little bit. you got to tighten it up. Yeah. Because the, fr- the free reign of the phone is like not... It's not helpful. Especially with someone who's had mental health issues in the past. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Those honor roll. Honor thoughts. roll can become can you can lose honor roll real quick once you put your uh, brain in like a little bath of hormones and you know someone feels special, Ooh. and it's like I mean that that's what's happening here, right? Like she just wants to feel special, and this guy makes her feel real special, and maybe he's filling a need that schoolwork did before, and so she's like, I don't need to worry about school now because this need is being filled over here. I don't need to do my schoolwork, you know. Um. Yeah, I think I think you're right to be wary about the mental health aspect of this. I think your daughter seems smart. The yes. fact that you haven't had to limit her phone usage in the past probably means she's very prudent. So, voicing it's only one thing that makes prudence fly out the window. <laughs> it's relationships. It's it's hormones, baby. And the fact that the fact that you've like successfully limited her hanging out with this this young man, uh at his house, which is a good idea, um, and restricted it to your house, I think that means that their relation he expects you to be more strict. And I think you communicating a boundary to her that you expect her to make is better than you talking to this guy yourself. In my oh, opinion. Man. You could talk yeah, to both of them. Sh- I mean, I don't know. Maybe. That'd be good. I really feel weird giving advice to a forty-year-old man. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think. What would I? What would I have wanted in high school? Like what? What would I have needed in high school? Not what I would have wanted. I wonder. I wonder what Napweed's relationship is with Dandelion. Like, are they cool? Uh, do is there a trust there? Because if this fella's from a broken home, he might. He might. He might benefit from. Yeah, from like a father figure saying, "Hey." Here's what you like the in just in general, here's what you can and can't do in high school. And this is what a high school relationship can look like and what it can't look like. Like you You could be you could be this guy's Carl Hanratty to his Frank Abagnale Jr. I don't know that. <laughs> it's a uh, Catch Me If You Can starring Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. He's Fudge and Chicks. He's Fudge and Chicks. He's Fudge yes. and Chicks. He, you could be you could be the Tom Hanks. Does that take place in in Boston? It takes place in America, and Tom Hanks is from Boston. Gotcha. In the movie. Yeah, Boston accents. I never understood how much I love Boston accents until the Wahlberg family, and also um, the Departed. You ever watch the, the Departed? Departed? The Departed. The Departed. The Departed. What was what was the name of the Departed? <laughs> Thanks, Matt Damon. Appreciate it. Oh man, such a good movie. Really I, I, up there. I didn't realize how many of the movies that I've enjoyed over the past were Martin Scorsese films. Oh yeah, he's very it's good. Too bad. It's too bad that he made one really blasphemous movie. Oh yeah, I looked. Really I saw that. I was like, that sucks. <laughs> did you really watch it, or did you? Just no, I didn't see, about see it. it. I read it on Wikipedia. I was never about to if watch you, that. If movie. you can believe it, Mother Angelica went off on it on Beautiful. EWTN back in the day. Yeah, which is. She's she's the woman we need in America today. Oh my gosh. Too bad that she's, you know, D- dead. All right, that's it. No more advice to the 40-year-old father. I don't know what else to say. You're doing great. I I think there's pros You're doing and cons. Great. Your head you is in the right the guy. place. Yeah. You got to set more boundaries with your do- Here's the thing. Another thing is you don't have to do this so that she ends up on the other side of this completely happy with your decision. You know, no. you can do this in such a way. And I understand the mental health aspect here is like, you don't, you want to make sure that she doesn't, um, spiral. But here's the thing is like, either she could spy, like this relationship could end horribly and she'll spiral anyway. Like you need to make sure that she's not using this person as her mental health support system exclusively as soon as possible. Like she needs to make she needs to have an extended network of a support system because high school relationships end and if it's her only support system, it's gonna be worse than if you take her phone away. Um The name yeah. of the game here is volatility. You are dealing with a very volatile situation, so you need to create as much stability around this person as possible. Yes. Uh make sure that she has a good relationship with her siblings. Make sure that you spend extra time like taking her out to lunch and like doing, doing all the things that a good dad would do so that she knows that she can trust you and talk to you. Make sure that, you know, and then when you do those things, she's naturally going to want to talk to dynamo less. Yeah. Take her Um, phone away and hang out with her more. Exactly. It's not just take her phone away and then go watch the big game on TV. (laughs) Like you have to engage with your children, believe it or not, find a project that you guys can do together, find a hobby that you can do together. Make sure that her friends, like, be comfortable with her inviting her friends over, like her female friends. Mm-hmm. 
um, so that she has good female friends around, get her involved in an extracurricular, like all of these things that, so that she has a life apart from this guy. Cause if she doesn't and it goes away, then it's just like, yeah, it's like a, like a fart in the wind. So all we are great. is farts in the wind. Yes. Great, great podcast. Patreon.com slash the crunch is the place where you need to go. If you want to give us money so that we can make bonus episodes about the Bible. Thank you for, thank you uh, to Catholic match for finally sponsoring, uh, we got we got the sponsor approved. We put it up. The, there's an ad running, and oh, yeah. And uh, apologies to the Catholic card game for uh, the ad not working. Oh, yeah, the ad not work? that didn't work. So we're gonna run. We're gonna run for a week. We're gonna run a, an extra ad for Catholic card game. Um, I could have sworn that I heard the ad in, like I went and listened to an old episode and it was playing. Really? Yeah, like just at the front end, you know. Well, I refunded Matt. We'll figure it out. Um. Oh. Matt, give us that money back. I heard those ads. <laughs> okay. I If you heard the ad, please join facebook.com slash group slash the crunchcast and let me know because I want to make sure that the ad played because I feel really bad. I also feel bad, but I, I think that it worked. Okay. Maybe it didn't. We'll see. Let's let's figure out. Let's get to the bottom of this uh, mystery and we'll come back next week and let you guys know. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? (laughs) All we are, farts in the wind. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. (laughs) 